Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Good morning, City Collective. Welcome back home. How great is that? I hear it's only been a couple weeks, but there's just something special about coming back to home. Home. Oh, I just love it. Thank you for having me here this morning. Um, So love your pastors. If you've heard Craig or I speak at any time, you know how much we love Jason and Adriana. And I know you know this, but we are just so proud of them. They have led and continue to lead with such skill, such grace, such wisdom and discernment, and it is such a privilege, it really is, for Craig and I to be a part of your lives. Um, They are family to us, and we just love standing in the background and cheering them on. So thank you so much for having me here today, guys. It's such a privilege. And I love this series that you guys are in right now, just kind of the tag to Hidden Figures, underestimated, underrated, and undervalued cast members in God's epic story. So powerful. Um, Emma, can you grab my Bible from my bag, please? I forgot to bring it up. And I need my glasses, too, which are inside the black purse. Thank you. Like I said, I'm kind of high maintenance. Thank you. I'm adjusting to this whole almost 50 thing um, where I need glasses to read. It's not fun. I literally have pairs of glasses everywhere. I have one in the bedroom, I have one in the living room, I have one in my car, I've got one in my purse, just in case. Um, So this morning, um, one of those hidden figures um, that I'm gonna be talking about is Hannah. And if you are familiar with the story, she is the mother of Samuel. Um, She's one of those cast members, and there actually isn't that much written about her. There's only about a chapter and a half, and There are some themes that Hannah is so known for. Um, Intercession. You could do a whole message on prayer and intercession just from the story of Hannah. She's known for faithfulness and she's known for sacrifice. Um, But I want to look at something else that that, uh, I think we may overlook sometimes and in just who Hannah is. Um, So I'm just going to read briefly the story of Hannah from 1 Samuel Um, basically chapter 3 to about chapter 18, I think we'll see how we go. So each year, Elkanah, that was Hannah's husband, would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies. The priest of the Lord at that time was Eli. Skip through Eli. Um, And on the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to Peninnah, that's his other wife, and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, He would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had not given her children. So Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Peninnah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle, and each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Down at verse 9. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance to the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish. She was crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow. 
O God of heaven's armies, if you would look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord. Then Eli comes upon her, thinks she's drunk because she's praying so earnestly. And she says, I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat, and she was no longer sad. Then she goes on, and she does actually conceive after that. But let's just take a moment to pray. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to gather here today. Lord, it is so good to be able to be back in the house of the Lord, to worship together, to be encouraged, to see one another. Father, I just pray today that through these words that I'm about to speak, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears to hear what you would be saying to us each one of us. Lord, I pray that hearts would be encouraged and there would be something that in the words that I share that would just be exactly what someone needs to hear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So is it just me or does it actually feel like the world's gone crazy? You've probably heard this a lot. My husband's been preaching this a lot lately. It feels like the world's gone crazy. There is so much division. There is so much hatred. There is so much chaos in the world right now, and everyone is a critic. If you post on your social media that you love oranges, I can guarantee you that someone's going to respond and say, why are you hating on apples? Don't you know how great apples are? Apples can make so many amazing things. Apple pie, apple crisp, apple cobbler. You didn't say you hated apples. You just said you loved oranges. Like, it's crazy to me, but division and chaos and, like, we're just going to be arguing for the sake of arguing. There's so much of it right now. There's always been haters and critics, but it feels like it's been amplified in the last 18 months. Again, it could just be me. I mean, even when I was a kid in school, I was thinking about this. Not sure why this story came to mind, but, like, elementary school, you know those, like, see you out in the playground this afternoon. We're going to fix this. I had a few of those myself. You know, but that's how we dealt with it, face to face, like meet in the backfield. I'm always up for a good fight, right, Adriana? <laughs> Obviously, I don't have the grace that Hannah does, but anyways, that's for later in the story. But at least back in my day, you could face the people directly who were saying things about you, who were talking about you, were throwing shade on you. Like, it just was very different to now, where everybody has an opinion, and they not only feel okay to share it, they feel like it's their right to share what they think and what they feel, regardless of who may get hurt. I've seen so many people causing pain, almost like they're trying to strike out before it can come and land on them. People behaving completely out of character. People that two years ago, I would never have believed they would have acted and responded in some of the ways they have. I never would have expected that I would have responded some of the ways I have in the last two years. But that pressure has been on. There's been pressure and pain in private settings that you may never know about. 
and there's pressure and pain and persecution in the public realm. I feel like we really have been walking around carrying those two things for a very long time. You know, maybe you have so much private pain that people aren't even aware of. Maybe there's someone at work that just the thought of having to go in tomorrow and face that person brings so much anxiety that you don't even want to get out of bed this morning. Or maybe for you, there's a family member that you actually can't even spend time with anymore because their views on things have become so divisive that there's no common ground where you can even have a conversation. Or maybe you're so worried about what people might actually say. I had this conversation with someone the other day. They don't even post anything that could be even remotely controversial on their social media about love and oranges or anything because they're so afraid of what's going to be posted back on their social media. Like, are you just posting the cat videos? I feel like a lot of people are because that's all I see on my social media anymore. It's just kind of those videos that, like, hopefully nobody can take in any way other than just keep going past them. Do you constantly feel like you're in that mode where it's going to be like, I'm going to have to defend, I'm going to have to argue, I'm going to have to fight something? As I mentioned before, when we look at Hannah, she's known for three very important characteristics. Intercession, faithfulness, and sacrifice. Hannah is an incredible example on intercession and what it looks like. She suffered for years with infertility, and she never gave up. She never let go of God, believing that he was the one that could answer that for her. Honestly, you could, and at some point, should do a whole sermon series on the power of intercession and prayer with Hannah. And also, she was in the, it, when we're, we look at the story of Hannah, this is just for free. This is not actually what I'm preaching about. But that power of intercession and prayer, we see that in the midst of the darkest, most painful part of her journey, she didn't give up. And can I encourage you this morning that if you're walking through some pain and you're walking through some trials and some hard times, don't quit before you get your breakthrough. Don't quit I can't tell you how many times I've seen people give up just before. And often when it feels like it's the worst, you're almost there. So someone here this morning or if you're watching later today, if you are feeling like you're ready to quit, can I encourage you, keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. Hannah also shows us what it means to be faithful. In the midst of that sorrow and that pain and the taunting, year after year, it says year after year, Hannah made the trek with her husband and his other wife. And she was taunted. She was dragged through the mud every single year to come make the sacrifices and literally go home in the same position she was when she got there. No baby. So faithful. Hannah also shows us what sacrifice looks like. When she's finally able to conceive, what is the very first thing she does? She dedicates Samuel to the Lord his whole life. And, you know, one of the things, you may not know this, but Samuel was actually born into the tribe of Levi. He was a Levite. By his very birth, as a male born into that tribe, he was actually dedicated to the Lord. He was already dedicated to the Lord. She didn't have to do anything special. She didn't actually have to give her son to God for his whole life. 
Between the ages of 30 and 50, the Levites were bound to God and to his service. So she could have enjoyed his growing up years, his whole life, and, and given him to the Lord at 30. But Hannah took something that was most precious to her and went above and beyond and sacrificed him back to God. She said, I'm giving him to whom, to whom he will belong his whole life. The one she loved the most she gave back to the one who had blessed her so greatly. What a beautiful picture of sacrifice. Hannah's life has, had, has many significant moments, but I want to look at one today that may be hidden, that you may not have, have pulled out of the story of Hannah before, and that's the grace and the wisdom that Hannah walks through life with. She operated in a grace that when you look at it is mind-blowing, even in the midst of the most trying times. Something these hidden figures show us is that even though we may feel completely unseen by others, we truly are seen by God. And that is what is important. I'm sure Hannah felt unseen every year. Having to hang out and travel with the family. Just you, Hannah. You don't have little kids running around. You're all alone. And, and Penina keeps reminding her again and again and again. But she knew where to go. She knew to go to the house of the Lord and get on her knees and on her face before God because she knew that God would see her. And I love the definition of grace. You may know the definition of grace as the undeserved favor of God. That's kind of the most common ones that we talk about in church. But I love this definition. I hadn't seen it like this before. Grace. It has been defined as the divine influence that, which operates in humans to regenerate and sanctify, to inspire virtuous impulses. Who needs their impulses to be more virtuous? Again, just me? Okay, I'm just laying it all out there for you. And to impart strength and, and endure trials and resist temptation. Grace means it inspires virtuous impulses and it imparts strength. Grace imparts strength. Strength to endure the trials and to resist the temptation. Think about Hannah's life. She needed strength. She needed the ability to resist. And did you know that actually Hannah's name, the definition of her name, it means grace. It means grace. She shows us so powerfully what it looks like to walk around with grace in human flesh. So Hannah, and I want to look at two areas in particular of how Hannah walked through personal pain with grace and how she walked through the public persecution with grace. As we mentioned, years and years and years of trying to conceive. Maybe you're here today and you felt that pain of an inability to conceive, or maybe you felt the loss of um, a miscarriage. I am so sorry if you have walked through that or you're walking through that right now. It is so incredibly difficult, and my heart goes out to you. You may have not walked through that particular personal pain. Maybe over the last couple years, you've walked through the loss of a family member, and it's only been amplified because you haven't even been able to celebrate the life of a family member because of COVID. Maybe for you, the personal grief has been the loss of your family through divorce, and you just feel absolutely alone and, and having to rebuild everything. 
Maybe you've lost your job. My brother-in-law, just a couple weeks ago, everything's going great, comes to work one day. By the way, uh, you've got two weeks left. Just works in the building trade and something slowed down and he was out of work. Personal pain can come in many different forms. Maybe your family and your closest of friends are so divided by drastically different political views on COVID and all things going on right now that you actually have lost friends over that. I know I have. I know people that have lost really close friends because there's just such a divide in, in everything is so ready to explode right now. And maybe it's left you feeling isolated and alone. I want to encourage you this morning. Psalm 34, 18 is such a powerful verse. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're walking through personal pain this morning, can I encourage you that God is close to the brokenhearted. I know so many people, a friend of mine whose sister passed away just a couple months ago, she said, Shanda, I never understood what it meant to be so close to God and that what it means when others are praying for you until I walked through something that was so painful, I didn't know which end was up. God's word is true. He will be there for you in the midst of it. See, Hannah has shown us that he is the only one, God is the only one that never leaves you. He never abandons you. I'm going to rip through a couple verses here, but there's so much truth in his word that you can lean on in those seasons of not knowing what else to do. And if you don't know your Bible, if you're just not familiar with where things are, can I tell you this is one thing that Google is actually good for. Google verses for encouragement, verses about God being with me, verses on walking through sorrow, and you will get so many things that will help you. Isaiah 40, 31, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Matthew eleven twenty eight. come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I, God, will give you rest. John 16, I have told you these things so that in me, in God, you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Isn't the Bible so encouraging? It's not if you will have trouble, but when you have trouble, take heart because I have overcome the world. Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, Someone say all things. In all things, God works all the things for his good to those who love him. The good, the bad, the ugly, all things. All means all. All things. Personal pain is so real, but it does not have to define the rest of your life. It does not have to define your future and where you are going if you will do as Hannah did and walk with grace and allow him into your story to bring healing to those moments of pain. And maybe you're all good on the personal pain front. Maybe you're walking through that public persecution right now. Maybe you've been getting the pain that's been coming at you from other directions. This whole whisper culture and gossip and um, is so prevalent right now. It's really chaos. It's chaos that is going on in the world. There are so many opinions and so many rabbit trails you can go down, and every single one of them is right. 
How can they all be right? There's no room for conversation anymore. There's no room for disagreement anymore. It's like we can't even be friends if we have different views. It's absolute chaos. And so many people are getting drawn in. Maybe you've gotten drawn in in some of those situations. You know, maybe you were one of the ones that was like, I heard. I heard pastor was at Tim Hortons and not Starbucks the other day. Did you hear that? I heard, or, um, I, you know, this one's really good. I'm so concerned. I'm so concerned for Pastor right now. Did you know that he didn't get to choose any of the songs in the set list this week? I'm so concerned. I've heard, did you know, and sometimes it's just the, You don't even have to say anything. You just raise your eyebrow and the people around you walk away and they know that it's gospel truth, that something's going on. Again, this could just be me. It is so prevalent. Can I encourage you that if you find yourself in a situation where those type of things are happening and that chaos is looking for a place to land, shut it down. If people feel so comfortable to come and talk to you about someone else, can I tell you that they are going to feel comfortable enough to go talk to someone else about you? It's just human nature. You might think we are good. I can tell you honestly from experience in the last 18 months, some people that were the closest to me have said some of the most hurtful things. I never would have expected it or believed it. But there's so much chaos going on. And deception is this. You don't know you're being deceived. That's why it's so powerful. And you come under that when you participate in that chaos and you begin saying things that you never thought you would say. And then you begin justifying them because you're like, oh, that really didn't hurt. I didn't really mean it. I was really joking. So can I just encourage if you find yourself in that kind of a place and Holy Spirit might be trying to tap you on the shoulder. With me, he's usually got the back of my jacket and he's trying to pull me as hard as I can. But, you know, some of us, we respond quicker. But whatever it might be, you find yourself in those situations. Hard stop. Be the bigger person. Walk away. Shut it down. Say, you know what? This isn't helpful. It's not helpful. I went down that rabbit hole a bit more than I planned, but anyways. So you find yourself in that place, and you've got the public persecution going on. You're humiliated, and what's your response? There's lies and half-truths and all this chaos being thrown at you. So what do you want to do? Again, this could just be Adriana and I, but pretty much it's like, Bring it on. I'm going to fight. That's kind of my response. But there's two ways that, that people kind of tend to respond. And I can pick on Adriana because we have this conversation all the time. Um, it's fight or it's flight. You kind of, you, you either want to defend yourself or you want to run away. I'm the fighter. My youngest brother is the ostrich that wants to stick his head in the sand and pretend that there's actually nothing going on. It's, neither is bad in its own, but when we're trying to do it in our own strength, it's not good. If, if you're feeling like you need to fly, you know, the flight, like if you have a bus coming towards you that's driving out of control, get out of the way. Okay, like it's okay. That flight response is there for a reason. The fight response is actually a, a good response at the appropriate time. God, there's so many scriptures 
about God fighting for justice, fighting for those that need to be defended. But we don't need to defend ourselves. And that's where the, the difference lies. When we allow God to fight on our behalf, that's when we're going to see the breakthrough. And that's when we're going to see the difficulty. I am still learning that one, obviously. But Hannah was, you didn't have to amen so loud, my friend. Hannah was exposed to public humiliation and pain for years. Verse 6 says, Peninnah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her. And they were traveling a distance to the house of the Lord. Can you imagine every day getting out and walking with this woman that just wants to constantly be discouraging you? And yet, Hannah is gracious. How did Hannah fight back? How did she overcome the lies and the accusations? Do you know what it says? She was silent. Oh, so not good at that. It is not recorded that even once she rose to the bait and turned the attack on Penina. How often do you and I rise to that bait every time like a hungry old fish? The enemy just has to dangle it out. My husband actually does this for fun. He gets me going. He knows what buttons I have, and he starts to push them. And then all of a sudden, he goes like this. Your buttons may be different from mine, but we all have buttons. And the enemy knows how to push them. Each time, Hannah was reduced to tears, and she remained silent. She showed unmatched restraint with her words. She not only knew the right things to say, but she knew when to say nothing. Despite years of ridicule, this is such a powerful example of what grace looks like. If you want to shut down that chaos and the torments and the public persecution, don't take the bait. Just walk away. I know it's not easy. But that's why we have grace. Remember, grace is the strength to walk through the testing and the trials. And when it all became too much, the ability, you know, if you're having trouble and you just can't keep your mouth shut and it's just ready, it's right there and it's ready to come out, when Hannah couldn't handle it anymore, it says she got up from the table and she went straight to God with her plea. She didn't stop along the way and make a Facebook post. You know, those sly little vague status updates with the scathing comments, throw in all the shade. Anybody who knows, who knows. If you know, you know. She didn't do any of that. She took her pain, her bitterness, her hurt, and the anguish, and she went to God and to God alone. She didn't even talk to Elkanah, her husband. She went directly from that place of pain, and she went and she fell on her face before God. We need more time with Jesus than with our social media. We have lost the art of being silent. We have lost the art of guarding our tongue and recognizing when it is just better to say nothing at all. Is there a song about that? Just say nothing at all. Right? Proverbs 13.3. I love Proverbs. 
If you're feeling like you're all good and you got it all together, just read through Proverbs a few times. Proverbs 13.3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Proverbs 21.23, watch your tongue. I, and the, I just found two and that was on a quick search. Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. The New Living Translation, it just kind of lays it out there. And you will stay out of trouble. Keep your mouth shut. You will stay out of trouble. It's Bible, people. I'm just preaching Bible. We need to take our pain and that hurt and the loneliness and the anxiety, and we need to bring them to Jesus and have an honest conversation with him about how we're actually doing. You know, sometimes we're so afraid. In the deepest, darkest moments, we actually turn away from God, the one who can actually answer and already knows what's going on anyways. It's time to have those honest conversations with God. My husband used to go out and mow the lawn, and he would get it going as loud as he could, and he'd just yell, Oh, God, where are you? He was just real. Why do you keep saying no to me, God? Why are these doors closing? Why is there not an open door? you got to find that place where you can go and just be honest with God like Hannah was. Get on your face at the altar and cry out to him. And I'm not saying that things aren't difficult and painful when they're said and they're done. I've experienced it. But knowing how to deal with it is key. My husband has this phrase that, again, I've heard a lot recently. Shanda, don't defend yourself. God keeps the books. God keeps the books. It's a tough one to remember when you really want to defend yourself. Because not only does he keep the books, but he will defend you. And he will do a much better job than I will do on my own. He is my defender. I may want to lash out and explain myself, tell my side, tell the real story. But that's only going to cause more pain to me and those around me. And it will often only cause the pain to be prolonged. He will fight for me. Honestly, we have experienced more personal pain and challenges in our leadership in the last 18 months than we've experienced in the last 30 years combined. And I know we're not the only ones. We talk with lots of pastors. More callous, hateful, offended, opinionated, judgmental emails. Not to mention the fact trying to pivot through 18 months of an unprecedented global pandemic having no idea who's with you, feeling alone. It's been hard. And it hasn't just been on pastors. Yes, we have all walked through that, but each one of us have walked through it. And many of us aren't even aware of how much it's actually impacted us. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. If that's all you can do, you're winning. Every time this one comes, God keeps the book, Shanda, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because you see, in all of those situations, whether it's personal pain or it's stuff that's being said and done, what can you control in that? You can't control what's being said. People can post whatever they want about you. 
They can share on their stories, share for the world to see what they're thinking, what they're feeling, who they think you are. Can you control that? Absolutely not. The only thing that you can control is you. The only thing that I can control as I walk through pain and I walk through that public pressure is me. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies. That song we sang first off this morning, I was listening to that as I was getting ready this morning. When I fight, I fight on my knees. Romans 8, 31, that song's been on repeat a lot in my home for the last couple months. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, if God is for you this morning, who? Who can be against you? Tell me. You might feel like the world is against you this morning, but can I tell you that your God is for you? So who can be against you? Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You may need to encourage yourself with that verse. Just say it over and over and over again. God, it says that you are with me. Wherever I go, there you are. So when I go over here in that office where that person is that I work with, it's causing me anxiety. When I step into my cubicle, there you are. There you are. Did you know, this is not in my notes as well, that you can shift the atmosphere. You can come under the atmosphere that might be going on in your office or your workplace or your home or your family. But when you come in with a choice of your will that I am going to choose today that God is with me and wherever I go, there he is. I come in and I can shift the atmosphere. I don't have to come under that anxiety. I don't have to come under that fear, that intimidation. And it's not about just being strong and being confident. It's when I get on my knees in front of Jesus and he will say to me and he will come along with me and you can go with fear and trembling and oh God, when I come in, I need you. But when you take your eyes off of what's causing the pain and you get into that place, you will begin to shift the atmosphere. You will begin to be the one that sets the tone for what's going on. It's time for us to once again invite Jesus into our stories. Even into the hidden parts of our stories that we think he doesn't know about. It's time to once again pick up grace. To be an example to the world around us of what grace looks like. That we don't have to choose a side. It doesn't have to be for or against. We can just be Jesus and put on that grace where we go. We can choose to look beyond the sorrow, to look beyond the taunting, to a peace that lasts, that only Jesus can bring. So how do we put on grace like Hannah? First, don't engage or be drawn into the chaos. Don't get caught up in the fray. And for some of you, it might mean maybe you need to take a break from social media. 
My husband's been off all social media since the beginning of August, and he has not missed it. I'm still stuck looking at the cat videos, but whatever. Maybe that's what you need to do. Like, he deleted the apps off his phone, and he said it's actually so much more peaceful and way less chaotic. Spend more time in God's word than on Netflix. If you don't know where to read, just start in Psalms and Proverbs. Read one proverb a day. You will get something from it. Choose moments of quiet where you can actually hear Jesus speak. We're not good as a culture anymore at quiet. I know even when I'm home by myself, I've got the TV on or I've got something on in the background. Sometimes we just need quiet so we can hear above the noise. And I also want to encourage you, get back in the presence of Jesus. We have lost something that has affected the health of our soul. It's been great that we have the opportunity to gather online. It was so great that we were at least able to do that, to be able to connect through the pandemic. But there is something about being in the presence of Jesus that you cannot get from watching online. I love that it's an opportunity. But when you can, be here. The health of your soul is important, and it gets fed when you're in community with one another. Number two, be honest with Jesus. Let him examine your heart and trust the process for him to bring healing. If I can get the keys player to come back up, I'm almost done. Just being stronger or trying harder is not Is that still on? Okay, I thought I lost it there for a sec. Trying to carry things on your own is not the answer. Invite him into your story. Allow him to bring healing for the pain that you're walking through, the personal pain, or maybe it's the public persecution you're walking through. Hannah was in the house of the Lord. She had a double portion. She had more than she deserved because she didn't have kids yet. She had the love of Elkanah and his favor, but there was so much conflict and torment that she couldn't even enjoy what she had. So what did she do? She got on her face before Jesus. She poured her heart out to him, and he heard her cry. God heard her cry. Can you stand with me? I want to pray for you this morning. If you just want to close your eyes, and just to give privacy, we're not going to do anything weird, but I just want to know who I'm praying for. And if you're at home, you're watching this later today, can I encourage you in this moment that if it's you that, that wants to respond to this prayer, that you would take the time to just close your eyes, put out the distractions, and respond to what the Lord might be saying to you. If that's you this morning, if you've been walking through either some personal pain or you've been walking through some, some public persecution or you've just got a lot going on right now and you're not quite sure where to turn, can you just quickly slip up your hand for me? so that I can just look and see who I'm praying for. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that even now in this moment you see each and every individual, each and every one that may be walking through something I mentioned today or it could be something completely different. But God, you see them, you know the circumstances, you know the situation, you know exactly what they're walking through in this moment. 
Father, I ask that you would come and that you would show yourself mighty on their behalf. Father, that right now in the mighty name of Jesus, you would come and you would shift things. Father, that there would be breakthrough in this moment. God, that you would silence the lies of the enemy. You would silence the chaos. The chaos that's been whirling in some of your minds where you can't, you don't even feel like your mind is a safe place. Lord, I thank you that each and every person in this room and who's watching later, that their mind is their own, a safe place where they will hear from you and from you alone. We command the chaos to be silent in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that eyes are being opened. Lord, that individuals will experience the grace, the power, and the ability to lean into you and to walk through with strength what they are facing in this moment. God, I just feel like for some that they need to stop praying that the, the trouble would be gone. But Lord, they need to now begin to pray and ask for more grace so they can walk through it. Father, remind us of that, Lord, that we wouldn't be just constantly asking for our trials to end, but Lord, we would be reminded to be calling out to you and asking for the grace and the strength to be able to walk through what we're walking through, not just so we make it through the other side, but so we come through the other side stronger and healthier in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you that you are bringing freedom this morning. You are breaking chains. You are silencing the lie. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.